Hello, Jay. I hear it has been uh, quite the couple of weeks uh, in the Crowder household. It has. It has been quite the couple of weeks. We, my son and I, I'm sure everybody has been hearing about this RSV that's been going around. I honestly had never heard of it until this year, but apparently it's a very common thing. And um, so I, um, I got it and my youngest got it and... Um, mine became like turned into bronchitis and it was so annoying. It started to go away. And then I went to the Tennessee, Missouri football game and it was cold and I was yelling the whole time. And so of course what happened, well, I lost my voice. So that's why I sound like I do. Um, and it turned into a really nasty sinus infection. So it has been quite the, quite the, quite the illness and uh yeah, so that, that does not sound uh enjoyable no luckily my youngest he's recovering very well and he's he's pretty much done with it he's still coughing some but for the most part he's done the main thing is is at least i'm sleeping now for a while i wasn't sleeping so that's a plus Ooh, yeah that sounds that sounds awful oh man it was it's been it's been rough um but so because of my voice john is going to be leading us through most of this episode um but excited though to be reviewing what we've got for today wakanda forever black panther wakanda forever i i don't know about you jay um i was very scared for this movie i was very nervous i was so my name is maximus decimus meridius Let me, I have the, the Wikipedia pulled up, but I want to grab one more. I want to talk about where it is in the phase of the MCU to give additional context. Okay. So, da, 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 the multiverse saga, I believe, is where we are. We are phase four, right? Wakanda Forever is the last phase four movie. I believe so, yeah. Quantum Mania kicks off. Phase five. Phase five. So Black Panther Wakanda Forever um, is the final movie. It's the final media. Well, no, that's not true. Um, it's the final movie of the MCU phase four, um, which total encapsulates Black Widow, uh, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the television series WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki Season 1, What If Season 1, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She-Hulk, and the television specials Werewolf by Night, and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So that will be the actual end of Phase 4. And with that, though, you do have to ask yourself, like, is that really going to contribute to the universe? You know, that's kind of the question for me. I I mean... I mean, it has to contribute more than Love and Thunder did. Steaming pile of... That's that's accurate. Waste of time. There are so many more things I want to say, but uh, I, I will Children. refrain. Yes, I will refrain. My, my favorite line in Toy Story is um, Mr. Potato Head says something, you know, smart aleck to Woody. And, and Woody says, the words I'm looking for, I can't say. Because there's preschool toys present. <laughs> I was going to start describing the MCU also with a Toy Story reference and say uh, they are no longer flying. They're falling with style. 
because that's kind of that's kind of how I feel right now. That's 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 accurate. Yeah. So, um, first things first. Um, again, in case this is your first episode, uh, welcome. <laughs> this is another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. Jay, as we have as we have discussed, is under the weather. I'm John, and um, one of the things that I love doing is reading plot summaries because uh, we here at They Didn't Ask Us. Um, talk about things in the context where everyone has seen it. So in that vein, we don't really consider spoilers to be spoilers because again, we are operating from a premise. We've all seen the movie. That being said, those spoilers. Yes. So my perspective on that is I read the plot summary as like narr- narratively as I can. Like if I were if I were an audiobook, right? That's the toning that I would like to have for it, the pacing and all of that. Um and then from there we jump into, you know, likes, dislikes, um, talking about the movie just kind of as a whole and then getting into specifics. John, so, if you were a narrator, what audiobook would you narrate? Um you know, I've never had an infant or a toddler, Jay, um, but there is this majestic book called um, Please Go to Sleep. Um, <laughs> that is that is not the actual title of the book, but um, as, as we referenced earlier, there are preschool toys here and the words I want to say, I cannot say. So I feel like it would probably be that one. Okay. I like that. I feel like that's, what are you, what are you thinking? Oh, I, I have no idea. I just was curious to know what your book would be. I, my, I, unlike you, I do have a toddler. And so I have read many a book to him. I think the one that I enjoy narrating the most is probably Green Eggs and Ham. I believe that. That's up there. I, um, I actually, when I, so typically when I read, I do voices for the, for the dialogue and for, for, um, actually the guy in Green Eggs and Ham doesn't have a name. Sam does, but the other guy doesn't. He just seems kind of Grinch adjacent. He does. He, he is a Grinchy type, yeah. um, but he's not the Grinch. He's just, um, he's just main character number one. <laughs> and so for it's him, like... I give him a, a, a Sean Connery voice. Like a like a disgruntled Sean Connery. Oh, so just like a like a regular Sean Connery. Yeah, but like older. So, <laughs> so I I go with that, and it it makes it a lot of fun because That's then at excellent. the end, um, uh, at the end when he gets really excited, then I change from Sean Connery and I move into I transition over into um, um. Oh man, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. So I move into a Jimmy Stewart when he changes his attitude. He's like, "Hey, this really good," you know. And I get like, I get all, <laughs> I get all into like the all into. I can't do it right now because my voice is all messed right. up. But but that's that's what I go into for that. I try to make it fun. I mean, that sound that sounds very fun. Yeah, it's 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 a blast because then you know he has no idea and he thinks the impression's great even though it's probably not because he has no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. So, with, but with that, sorry, about summary. With, with no further ado, let's get into the plot summary of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, T'Challa, king of Wakanda, is dying from an illness which his sister, Shuri, believes can be cured by the heart-shaped herb. Shuri attempts to synthetically recreate the herb after it was destroyed by Killmonger, but fails to do so before he succumbs. One year later, Wakanda is under pressure from other nations to share their vibranium, with some parties attempting to steal it by force. Queen Ramonda implores Shuri to continue her research on the heart-shaped herb, hoping to create a new Black Panther that will defend Wakanda, but she refuses due to her belief that the Black Panther is a figure of the past. 
In the Atlantic Ocean, the CIA and U.S. Navy SEALs utilize a vibranium-detecting machine to locate a potential vibranium deposit underwater. The expedition is attacked and killed by a group of blue-skinned, water-breathing superhumans led by Namor, with the CIA believing Wakanda to be responsible. Namor confronts Ramonda and Shuri, easily bypassing Wakanda's advanced security. Namor. Blaming Wakanda for the vibranium race, he gives them an ultimatum. Deliver him the scientist responsible for the vibranium detecting machine, or he will attack Wakanda. Shuri and Okoye learn from CIA agent Everett Ross that the scientist in question is MIT student Riri Williams and arrive at the university to confront her. The group is pursued by the FBI and then by Namor's warriors, who defeat Okoye before taking Shuri and Williams underwater to meet Namor. Angered by Okoye's failure to protect Shuri, Ramonda strips her of her title as General of the Dora Milaje and seeks out Nakia, who has been living in Haiti since the blip. Namor shows Shuri his vibranium-rich underwater kingdom of Talokan, which he has protected for centuries from discovery by the surface world. Bitter at the surface world for enslaving the Maya, Namor proposes an alliance with Wakanda against the rest of the world, but threatens to destroy Wakanda first if they refuse. Nakia helps Shuri and Williams escape, and Namor retaliates with an attack against Wakanda, during which Ramonda drowns, saving Williams. Namor vows to return in a week with his full army, and the citizens of Wakanda relocate to the Jabari Mountains for their safety. Meanwhile, Ross is arrested by his ex-wife and CIA director, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, for secretly exchanging classified intelligence with the Wakandans. After, the fun or after Ramonda's funeral, Shuri uses a remnant of the herb that gave Namor's people their superhuman abilities to reconstruct the heart-shaped herb. She ingests it, gaining superhuman abilities, and meets Killmonger in the Ancestral Plane, who urges her to seek revenge. Shuri dons a new Black Panther suit and is accepted by the other Wakandan tribes as the Black Panther. Despite M'Baku's urges for peace, Shuri is determined to exact revenge on Namor for Ramonda's death and orders an immediate counterattack on Talokan. Preparing for battle, with Ayo assuming the position of General of the Dora Milaje, Shuri bestows the Midnight Angel armor upon Okoye, who in turn recruits Dora member Aneka to join her. Williams creates an Iron Man-esque powered exoskeleton to aid the Wakandans. Using a seafaring vessel, the Wakandans lure Namor and his warriors to the surface as a battle ensues. Shuri traps Namor in a fighter aircraft intending to dry him out and weaken him. The pair crashes on a desert beach and fight. Shuri gains the upper hand, but realizes the similarities between their paths and implores Namor to yield, offering him a peaceful alliance. Namor accepts, and the battle ends. Namor's cousin, Namora, is upset at Namor's surrender. And, but Namor reassures her that their new alliance will allow them to conquer the surface world one day. Williams returns to MIT, leaving her suit behind, while Okoye rescues Ross from captivity. Shuri plants more heart-shaped herbs to ensure the future of the Black Panther mantle. In Shuri's absence, M'Baku steps forward to challenge for the throne. Shuri visits Nakia in Haiti, where she burns her funeral ceremonial robe in accordance with Ramonda's wishes, allowing herself to finally grieve T'Challa. In a mid-credit scene, Shuri learns that Nakia and T'Challa had a son named Toussaint, who Nakia had been raising in secret, far from the pressure of the throne. Toussaint reveals his Wakandan name is T'Challa. And then there is an after-credits, there's an after-credits, the Black Panther will return. So there's not a second scene, in case you've made it this far and haven't seen the movie yet. I, um, I've reached the point where I look up to see how many after-credits scenes there are, and if they're worth staying. Fair. So did you stay? I did not. We left. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So... Well, thank you for that. 
you're very welcome so um big picture the movie as a whole um i i I spoke earlier i was very scared of this movie um for those who may not know black panther came out in 2018 the first movie came out in 2018 was an incredible success um in no small part due to the charisma of its star chadwick boseman and chadwick boseman passed away from colon cancer in august of 2020 i believe i'm on wikipedia they'll tell me everything yeah it was um was it 2020 it was 2020 okay yeah it was a it was a shock um because nobody knew that he was sick he was ill um so it was a shock for everybody to see that happen um so yes I, I'm, I'm right there with you john i was a little nervous because the first one is so good i was mm-hmm. like man this is going to be hard to do especially without the lead role being yeah. there again and of mm-hmm. course you know most people were on board with saying they don't need to recast or use any kind of like cgi type of thing um and yeah. so uh happy to report that they did not do that I was very impressed by how borderline aggressively they they addressed it. So there's um there's a different IP that is very close to our hearts here, and that is Star Wars. Big fans. Yes. And before, which one was it? Was it before Rise of Skywalker? Yes. Or last year? Okay. So before Rise of Skywalker, the the finale film of the sequel trilogy. Carrie Fisher passed away and um, they added her in the movie with archival footage, with CG, with motion capture and then putting other like her face on a different body. And they they made her a character in the movie after she had passed. And the way Marvel like the way they did, they they didn't dance around it like T'Challa dies off screen in the first scene of the movie. And let me tell you, Jay, um, I did not have a great time with that. That was it was very well done because it was very emotional. It was. And it was very it was just very, um, you know, the whole the whole theater was quiet, you know. And yeah. After he passes away, it goes to the opening of the movie and, you know, it does the classic Marvel introduction, except this time there is absolutely no music. It is completely silent and it's just all every single. So normally they have all the heroes from over the years kind of make their appearance within like the Marvel logo. And this time around, it was just Chadwick Boseman the entire time. It was mm-hmm. all of his scenes from the movies that he was in. Yeah. Um, and it was a, it was a good, I, I feel like a good tribute to him. It was, yeah. The whole movie it, was. It, it absolutely was. Um, I think honestly that, that bit of the, of the opening was the hardest of everything. And I mean, that's coming from someone who we've, we've talked about before. I was, I put off watching what if for genuinely over a year, um, because that was the last time that Chadwick Boseman acted as the character. He did the voice of what if T'Challa became Star-Lord. And I was like, no, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. And, you know, eventually I, this past summer, I did sit down and I watched every episode and it's heavy. And that's how this this movie starts. This starts very heavy. Um, I... I thought the funeral scene, the first funeral scene of the movie, was very poignant, and it it set the stage very well for a lot of the rising action of the movie. Um, I just watching the the first funeral scene, I was blown away at the at how it looked, like the way the way it was shot was very spectacular to me because it's. I mean, I I don't exactly make it a point to go to funerals, you know. Um, that, was if, a, that was a that looked like a fun funeral. Yeah, they they definitely put the fun in funeral. Stop! I, th- I thought I I have the bad jokes here, sir. <laughs> that's my that's my whole shtick. 
And they, uh, I don't know, it was one of those things where it was, it clearly wasn't a, like, yes, they were sad that their king was gone, but at the same time, they were celebrating all the wonderful things that he did. Yeah. So it it was a really cool thing to see. It definitely was. And then just the the aggressive one year later hard cut and then just talking about the way things have gone since then dealing with the U.N. I, I guess it was the I mean, is it is it actually said it was the U.N.? It just kind of felt like it. Yeah, I think it was. I think they did say it was um, OK, like one of those summit type of things. Yeah. Um, gosh, I I'm I'm struggling to like talk through bits of the movie chronologically. Well, let's because... give um, why don't we give like our elevator pitch on the movie? You know, okay. what you, you know, your 30 seconds to 30, kinda... 30 seconds. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is a story about grief shown with a 20 something as a protagonist. Um, you know, how do you deal with the passing of an icon, especially when that icon is your brother in the same moment of learning this thing has made me unique. Now other people have it and we're not unique. Are they a threat? And then, you, you know, you just kind of find out, are they a threat or not? Yeah, I, um, that was good. Okay. So my elevator pitch is Black Panther Wakanda Forever is a, um, final goodbye to, uh, not just the actor, of uh, Chadwick Boseman, but his version of Black Panther. Um, and it's a very serious movie. Um, not, I mean, yes, there is some classic Marvel humor in it, but at the same time, it's more serious than anything else. Mm-hmm. It is a movie that is is very serious, and I will, I will say sometimes gets a little boring um but it truly was meant to be that way it was meant to be more of a you know a lot of uh, dialogue in this movie mm-hmm. because there's a lot of really excellent points that are made in this movie uh not only it, it, and at the same time it's also a coming of age story for uh sherry and um the the uh, yeah and and i will say if you're expecting for it to be anything like the first black panther you are going to be sadly disappointed because it's it's not like the first one at all it is very very different yeah i would i would say you could claim the parallel like you said they're both coming of age movies yeah they're both they deal with maybe not relatable but like challenging villains because Killmonger is a much more impactful villain than uh, Namor to this point because I mean you would have to argue if not for Killmonger Namor is not he does not become a player in MCU because Namor's whole thing is oh great the world knows about Vibranium now the world knows about Vibranium because of T'Challa T'Challa told the world about Vibranium because of Killmonger so I mean big picture it's all Killmonger's fault just saying yeah. Killmonger burned the all the heartshaker. common denominator here is Killmonger. Yeah, he's he's the true villain of Wakanda forever. <laughs> we just can't get away from Michael Man, B. Jordan. That's a that's a hot take there that I really don't think you can push back on. Um, because even bur- burning all the heart shaped herb, if the heart shaped herb would have saved T'Challa's life, Killmonger's still a villain. So uh, that is a that is a conclusion I had not come to before this exact moment, and I'm actually very entertained by it. Um. I did, I did have one incredible glaring problem with uh, Contessa in this movie. Contessa is uh, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, the director of the CIA and the former wife of uh, Martin Freeman's Everett Ross. Yeah, that was a, that was an interesting reveal. Development, yeah. I thought that was somewhat entertaining. Um, on the bridge, after Shuri and Riri Williams are taken by Namor's people, 
uh, Ross finds her little bracelet thing, which Wakandans can use for communication amongst a variety of other things. And unbeknownst to Ross, everyone else has already seen them, and Contessa says that she has bugged them. You mean to tell me the CIA found a way to bug hyper-advanced Wakandan technology? Like, sure, surely Shuri would have built it in a way that that was not possible. You would think. So but that was... But that story... I, it took me out of of the moment of this very unrealistic movie. You know what it takes to, like, I was fully invested until that. And that's such a, that feels so picky to fixate on that as the moment that's like, oh, nope, I don't believe that anymore. Um, but I really did not enjoy it, that that aspect of it. Well, it all, it all goes back to what is the universe that has been created? What are the rules within this universe that has been created that is Black Panther? And one of the rules that has been created is that this technology is way beyond the advancement of anything else that has ever been seen on Earth. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the CIA was able to create some sort of technology that could then bug this super advanced technology, you're like, well, to bug something advanced, wouldn't you also have to be advanced? Yeah. So is your technology just as advanced as this super advanced technology? So yes, you're right. I mean, that's absolutely fair to say. Yeah, that kind of took me out of the movie because it did. It, it broke. It broke one of the rules of this universe. Yeah, I will. I will also say that there is a bit of manufactured tension in this. Um, Namor takes Riri Williams and Shuri down to Talakan, and it's a lot of like, oh no, are they going to make it? How is it going to be? Um, Riri Williams is already confirmed to have a Disney Plus show. Right, as a yeah. spinoff that will function as a direct sequel to this movie. Correct. There was not a world in which she was not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you're right. Yeah. I understand manufacturing tension and you kind of need it as plot development. Uh, but I was still, it's come on, man. At least, you know, give the illusion of like something might happen. Like, uh, like Tony Stark in the cave. We all knew he was going to make it through the movie, but you have to manufacture the drama somewhat believably like believably yeah and and uh you know kind of what they did in that cave moment was instead of making it like a, oh no is he gonna make it out it became a character development moment for shuri especially i feel like which, she grew a lot in yes, that scene which riri williams um i'm sorry but her character was completely pointless in this movie <laughs> you can yeah. you can hate me all you want i don't care I... this character was very pointless she did she contributed nothing I I will push back a little bit on that um, because she created the vibranium detecting machine as a dare from a professor. Yes. Okay. I'll give you that. But past that, I do kind of, I do tend to agree with you. Yeah. Because like, all that happened is they went to go get her in Boston. And then while they were in Boston, oh no, we were driving across a bridge and you know what the bridge was over? Water. Ah. Man, you know what's in water? Fish people. Yeah, and they used water cannon, and it was super effective. That was, oh my gosh. They used, like, hydro pump. They used, uh, what are what are some other water moves? I have an emulator on my computer. Let me just open it. I, I haven't. I haven't played um. that game in a hot minute. <laughs> my son's in the other room. Hey, what's a, what's a, what's a water-type Pokemon move? A water gun, bubble, bubble beam. Hydro pump, uh, bubble beam. That's it. That's all he gave me. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. That's, that's the high points. Yeah. Whirlpool. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about Whirlpool. <laughs> Surf. What did you say? Oh, okay. He's acting like he doesn't know, but he totally knows. <laughs> oh, okay. That was so long ago. That's when I was a little kid. You're 12. Oh, that hurts. That hurts me inside. <laughs> so you playing Sword and Shield like just six months ago. <laughs> anyway, yeah. 
uh, those things were cool. But yeah, yeah. Um, so that that was that was a complaint. And I will say, and and this is hard for me to say. And and let me let me hmm, let me first by saying let me hold on. Let me first gather my words. How about that? <laughs> um, let me start off by saying I understand why they did what they did as far as killing off um, Black Panther. I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I understand why they did what they did. However, I was kind of hoping that he would go out a little more spectacularly. I was kind of hoping for it. Honestly, what I thought was going to happen. This is seriously. I, I thought I had this whole thing nailed down. Truthfully, I thought for sure. I knew he was going to die at the very beginning. That that to me was not a shock. But what was a shock was I thought for sure how he was going to die was he was going to be killed by Namor. I thought that that's how the whole thing was like, that's the whole reason that they were going to be fighting was because that Namor killed him. And that was what was going to start the conflict. And that's not what happened. And it's not that I was disappointed in that. I was fine with how they did it. It was just one of those things where I was like, man, I wish they had done something like this. That would have been fun. You know, and then they wouldn't have had to have shown his face. They still could have gone with, you know, not showing the CGI. They could have just shown somebody in the suit, somebody in the suit. And we would have known who it was. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's that's kind of what I was hoping yeah, for. I mean, but, you know, they did what they did. Yeah. I I don't know. See, now I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. And now I'm kind of wondering, like, I feel like I might have liked that better. I don't know. It definitely would have started. <laughs> it would have started much more on the front foot as opposed to just that emotional gut punch like that would have been an emotional like left hook to a glass jaw is what that would have been um gosh i that's heavy um shoo i i don't know but i think this might be the first marvel film we should probably go back and watch them all um okay we'll see you again in three weeks everybody (laughs) yeah right um this might be the first one where the villain actually survives at the end oh now that's like he will be back to fight another day I feel like part of that is because Namor isn't truly a villain. That's true. He's like, more of he's, like a anti-hero, isn't he? He's filling the villain role for the purposes of the movie, but like Scarlet Witch wasn't a villain. She was, or was she? filling the villain role. Or was she? I also don't think she's dead. I'm actually somewhat confident that she's not yeah, dead. Yeah, no, no. She's definitely no not chance. dead. She can control reality, and you tell me a mountain fell on her? Come on. No, that that's not going to be it. Um, but I'm I'm very intrigued by... So you're saying there, there ain't no mountain high enough? There ain't... Ain't no valley low enough. Low enough to keep Scarlet Witch from dying in the MCU. Um, <laughs> That's not how I remember that going. <laughs> it could be, uh, but I don't want to get DMCA'd. So <clears throat> I was I was very scared at how they were going to do uh, Namor's uh, uh, ankle wings. Oh yeah, I and wondered they, that too. They actually worked. I thought it would. I, I will say I said this last night. Actually, as we were going to bed, I said, you know, you know what I really loved. I, I told Sarah. I said the thing that I loved the most about this movie was how they made Namor fly. Yeah. Because it wasn't really like flying. It was more like jumping off of invisible steps that weren't yep. there. It's like if you if you watched uh, Ninja Warrior and that initial yeah. that initial thing where they have to jump back and forth across uh-huh. the platforms. If you just yep. like photoshopped out the platforms, yeah, and they were just kind of like bouncing around as flight. Yeah, um, that also that's it. like yeah. Real quick, uh, for those people who may not know Namor, let's pull him up and the see submariner. his powers and abilities. There is so much more here than I was anticipating. Water um, is his strength. He's essentially like Aquaman. But different enough, like like we said, he can fly, um, super strong. Probably can hear well. I don't know, man. Like I don't, I don't know Namor super well. He's Mayan. 
That's a difference from Aquaman. I, I, Aquaman is a white blonde dude. Stop. He's Mayan. That's a difference. That is true. <laughs> um, I was very impressed by the actor who played Namor. I thought I thought he was really good. Actually, is he Mayan in the comics? Canonically, I I don't think so. But I also don't know that he is anything else. He's just yeah. kind of like a vague tan dude. <laughs> And, and like, you can either go, okay, well, he's tan because he's, maybe like, because he's in the sun a lot. Like, dark hair and really sharp features are just kind of Namor's look. Yeah. Um, sometimes he wears clothes. That's a fun development, scrolling through his Wikipedia page here. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Abilities. Superhuman strength, speed, durability, agility, senses and reflexes, marine life, empathy, telepathy, and control, flight via wings on his ankles, aquatic adaptation, electric shock, hydrokinesis, echolocation, longevity, and he's fireproof. Huh. That is the that is the TLDR version of his abilities. He was not fireproof in this movie. He was fire resistant. He did well. I mean, the when the ship exploded at the end, he did catch a burn there. He did, but wouldn't fireproof mean that he wouldn't catch on fire at all? That is that is exactly what that would mean. So he's fire resistant. Or as MCU is want to do, um, they modified his power set. Modified. Yeah. So I, I didn't realize that empathy was a superpower. Uh, marine life empathy. So he has empathy With for marine surface life. life. Namor is well known to have no empathy. Right. Does not care about them. Does not like them. That's right. Will actively subvert them. Yes. Um, kind of the whole his whole shtick in this movie. Yes. Um, that's what that was the other thing that I didn't like. The I keep wanting to call them Atlanteans because in the comics he is that's the very of much what it looks like. Yes. Um. So the Na- Namor's people, uh, because I don't have a better term the to call them. The Sea Smurfs. Stop. Dang it. Um, they apparently, I'm not wrong. You're not. Uh, they do this thing where they emit a hum and it causes people who hear them to just oh, yeah. walk into the ocean. Like sirens. And that is, that is explained very briefly and then never addressed again. They did they do explain it at the, that? They do it at the beginning of the movie. They do it at the end of the movie. And it's, it's the people who realize like, oh, they're making a sound. Close your ears. That is the most it's ever explained. Oh, We're talking oh, oh. like a potential genocidal event. Yeah, I mean, if they if they had a, a loudspeaker big enough, they could yeah. take out like the whole East Coast. Yeah, and it is never like fully explained. It's it's addressed. It's never explained. It looks like something out just, of the happening. Yeah, except instead of the trees, it's ocean people singing singing ocean people. Yeah, singing sea smurfs. So you calling them sea smurfs is very entertaining for me uh, because we went to see it at the local theater here where we live and. A friend of mine from college is, I don't know if she's manager or or GM, but she was essentially like, hey, I haven't had a chance to see this yet, but I've been very confused every time I've popped in to do like just wellness checks in the theater. Um, it I get confused. Did I pop into Avatar or what's going on? <laughs> and I was like, well, context, that's a very, that's a very entertaining, like the, the ocean people are very blue and you just timed it perfectly to where that is all that you're seeing <laughs> is the people who would not be out of place in Avatar, which they had the trailer for that in front of uh, Black Panther. I hadn't seen the trailer yet just because I don't care about that movie at all. I have no idea what that movie is about from the trailer, and that's a problem. I, I've i understood more from the title than I have from the trailer. The title, so based on the title, it has to do with water. Yes, that is so more than I So it could look think. very similar to Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yeah. Because it does to have to do a lot with water. Um, but I did appreciate that they weren't blue all the time. They were only blue when they were out of the water. Mm-hmm. When they were under the water, they looked completely normal. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, let me scroll. What else? Um, I actually really liked uh, M'Baku's character development from the first movie to now. Because mm-hmm. in the first movie, he was just kind of that like 
Just a brute. He he would have been like if you had said Mbaku was a member of the Expendables, I would have believed you. <laughs> yeah. And now I actually kind of want to watch. I want to watch that movie. Uh, the world where he like him and Sylvester Stallone are in like a hand to hand fight to be very entertaining to me. Um, actually, Sylvester Stallone is is canonically a member of the Ravagers. That is so true. He so they are in the same in, universe. In MCU. That's. I don't so that's know. That's a team that. that needs to happen. Yeah, I, that would be that would be wild. Um, but he went from kind of T'Challa's rival to Shuri's advisor, and the man he spoke truth the entire time. Ugh. He was like, "Your brother said that I needed to advise you, and he said that you needed to make your own mistakes." Essentially, he was like, "You need to do your way, but I'm going to tell you what I think." That's really the most you can hope for, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, I, this was probably just me, Jay. Um, going into the movie, you know there's going to be a new Black Panther at some point. It's widely expected that it was going to be Shuri, right? Like 99% of people probably thought it was. Oh, yeah. I was that 1%. I really wanted it to be Nakia. Because mm. her yeah. as a Black Panther would have been incredible. Yeah, that would have been cool. But obviously, as soon as they showed her in Haiti, I was like, yeah, no, she, no, she ain't about that life. No, but I, I would have been on board with that for sure. Yeah. In fact, there was a part of me that wondered if she gives, if uh, Sherry gives it over to her, you know, and is like, you take this, you're just, you're more deserving than I am. Yeah. I, um, I would not have been disappointed. I'll I say that before the movie, if that had been like, oh, this is what happens. I would not have been disappointed in the moment where Shuri takes the heart shaped herb and goes and sees Killmonger in the ancestral plane. In the moment, I would have been disappointed because I feel like her, like Shuri's growth as a character is very, like she grows so much. And I guess my only complaint with that is she grows so much so quickly. Yeah, she does. Yeah, it is like, and and I get like it's a it's a long movie, Jay. It's a two and a half hour long movie. Yeah, I called it a uh, deceptively long when I was it talking was, about and, it to a friend. And I will say, for me, I we were about halfway through it, and I started yawning. And my wife looked over at me and was like, "You hate this, don't you?" And I said, "No, I don't hate it. I'm just bored." <laughs> Yeah, it is not. I was like, I I was expecting a little bit more action than this, but it's taking a really long time to get to the action part. Yeah. You, you described it very well. You said it, it's not so much that it's slow so much as it's dialogue driven and it is not what you've come to expect from an MCU movie. Yes. I think, I think that is absolutely the way to talk about this movie. It's about grief and it's more of a story than, you know, it's not two hours of Rock'em Sock'em robots and we'll see who, like, does red team win, does blue team win, like, which robot wins at the end. Like, that's not what this is. Um, walking away from this movie, I was very impressed and I did not think I would be. I was, I don't think I can say I was impressed, but I did enjoy it. I did yeah. walk away and go, I, I enjoyed that. Now, I did say, is that one I will watch again? Probably not. I mean, eventually. But for the first time watching it, it wasn't it wasn't the worst thing. Yeah. It was better than Eternals. I was about to say, let's let's go back and grab phase four, right? So I've seen a lot of well do, does Twitter still exist in the future when you're listening to this, uh dear dear listener? Um <laughs> I saw on Twitter people were ranking the phase four movies and it's wild to me the the way different people rank things differently and i'm talking like some people love a movie and some people hate that same movie and they dig in and defend that point and pretty much by and large this was in everyone's top three of phase four movies hmm. wow i don't really see an argument that you could have it out of your top three no 
in the context yeah, I'm, that I'm sitting here thinking about the phase four and I mean for yeah. sure. So it's again phase four movies were Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, and Wakanda Forever. Okay. So yeah, Shang Chi, No Way Home, and Wakanda no Forever. No Way Home and Wakanda Forever, yeah. Comfortably the top three. Maybe not oh, in yeah. that order. But then it's Doctor Strange. And then there's like a very sizable gap. And then there's Black Widow. And then there's a much larger gap. And there's Eternals and Love and Thunder. I'd say I would put Eternals below Love and Thunder. No, they're they're both down there together. Oh. They're they're equally bad. Eternals is just a little bit better because it has Kit Harrington in it. Mm, okay. I do like Kit Harrington. So I guess in the MCU, where would you put it? Or maybe not the MCU, oh, but goodness. phase four. Phase four, where would you put it? I for me, I think I would I would had... easily put it at number three for me. Uh, I it is number two for me. It's No Way Home, Wakanda Forever, Shang Chi for me, and it's really tight with Shang Chi. But No Way Home is just so good. Yeah, so I put it there at a three. Now on a scale of one to ten, and I know people are probably going to hate me for what I'm going to rate it for. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed this movie. It was good, but like I said, for me, rewatchability with this movie is very low. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I'm going to rate it lower. And also the fact that I did find myself kind of getting bored with it. So I am going to put it at a six out of 10. That now, does that mean that you shouldn't go see it? No, you should definitely go see it. If you've been a fan of the MCU and you were a fan of the first Black Panther, you have to go see this movie. It's almost a necessity. Fair. But are you going to, I guess if you go into it knowing, I think if I went into it knowing more of what it was going to be like, I probably would have enjoyed it more. So I think you'll enjoy it, but just don't have that idea of how the first one was so like, yes, it told a good story, but it was also, it had a lot of stuff going on. This one is, like I said earlier, very dialogue driven. And so the story is a little, feels much longer. I think it might actually be longer too, but it just feels much longer. So I would give it a six out of 10. I, your reasoning, uh, it makes complete sense. Um, I agree with a lot of those points, but um, I am trying to look at it for what it is uh, and separate it from what I wanted it to be. Because like you were saying, I wanted it to be different, but if it had been the way I wanted it to be, I don't think it would have been as good. So for me, I think it's comfortably an 8.5, maybe a 9, just to creep up our average rating. <laughs> like I've seen, I've seen Rhett and Link do that before, where one person rates things something lower and the other person's like, no, 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 we got to bump up this average. So they'll rate something like artificially high. So um, I probably will say a 9 just to get our average rating to a 7.5, just a, just a smidge higher. I'd say that's fair. So, and like so, you were saying, 7.5 is not, no, please don't go see this movie. Believe me, you've heard us talk about movies like that before. Um, yeah, no, I definitely want to encourage people to go see it. I just want you to be aware of what's going to happen. Yeah. So, um, as we said earlier, next for the MCU is the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, and then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania in 2023. That's a real year. It's next year. That's happening. That's a, hopefully. Yes. Unless World War Three <laughs> should commence. Oh. So, um, but yeah. So, next up, we've got, um, we, we had plans to review Andor. Um, I'm perfectly fine with reviewing Andor because I personally am fully loving it. It is just, oh man, I can't say enough about it. So I would be thrilled to review it. I don't know how John feels about it. Um, I, but we're, we're going to be discussing alternatives if that's not the main review. 
I have yet to give it, I'll be completely honest, Jay, I have yet to give it a fair shot. I tried to watch it once. Uh, you talked about how the pacing of Wakanda Forever was slow. Um, the pacing of the introduction of Andor makes this movie look like Usain Bolt. <laughs> Like we were, my dad and I tried to watch it. We were a full episode and a half in and we were just looking at each other like nothing's happening. There's absolutely nothing happening right now. And it was not compelling to watch. So I've heard exclusive, like from the people who have kept with it, I've heard exclusively good things, borderline excellent things. People are calling it the best thing Star Wars has done potentially ever, which has to be hyperbolic because Empire exists. I will say, well... Well, I'll, I'll save that for our review. I was about review. to say, no, we'll we'll have a hot take when we yeah. talk about it, because I, I feel obligated to watch it at this point, which is upsetting, because I hate that feeling of like, oh, I don't want to watch this, but I need to. To finish up the year, we will be doing uh, the holiday special, um, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday mm-hmm. special. Mm-hmm. So we might we might throw something Christmassy in for the following, for next episode, uh, just because those will both be in December. Um, but we didn't say this at the beginning, so happy Thanksgiving to those who are celebrating Thanksgiving uh, this year. So, um, and, and if you're you not have... celebrating, happy Thursday. Happy, happy <laughs> Thursday. Happy November 26th. Is that what it is? The 26th? 24th. 24th. Happy November 24th. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll be back. Um, oh, I guess uh, we should throw our socials out there real quick, shouldn't we? <laughs> In the event they still exist, uh, you could find me on Twitter and on Twitch uh, at jmuller8332. And you can you follow can, uh, I was going to go get you because you got the scratchy throat. Um, you can find Jay on Twitter at the nerd is underscore in. Very crucial underscore there. Um, do you, we, you don't have another one to throw out there, do you? You just have the one? I don't. No, okay. just, my, just my Twitter. Okay. I didn't think so. I'm trying to remember like all the times you've done that in the past. And I was like, wait, he usually, he usually knocks this out. So that is where you could find us. And, um, you could always email us, um, reach out to us in, in other ways. What is, what, I don't, I should know our email. I have it on my phone. I think I just don't know it. The, they didn't ask us at gmail.com. It's really just that simple. And I can't remember that That's simple. Great. Yep. That's they didn't great. ask us at gmail.com and then Twitter TDAU underscore pod. And, um, that's yeah, it. That is that is it. Another episode down. And let me tell you, I feel woefully unprepared. <laughs> it's like, I've seen this movie. And then uh, reading the movie, I was like, I don't know that I saw this movie. Right. Well, thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, but until then, nerd out.